You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, and welcome back to the podcast. So we are providing podcast episodes through Holy Week. Our our effort is that we want to line this day of the week up with where Jesus was in the last week of his life. Uh, today is Thursday, uh, if you're listening to this podcast episode on time. And so let's talk a little bit about where Jesus was on Thursday. Jeremy Stroh is helping me with the podcast today. So Stroh, thanks for making time to be uh, on the podcast with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, what everybody on the on the podcast is going to miss is that you know Stroh's a terrific reader of the Bible. I enjoy dialogue with him about the Scripture. In fact, we've for 20 minutes before we hit record, we've been talking about uh, Bible passages. I appreciate your insight, and and I'm really glad that you joined us. Okay, so we're just going to kind of summarize what happened on Thursday, and then we're going to read a specific text about it. That's a little bit. Um, I, I guess I hope it's useful for us. All right, so Stroh, big picture. It's Thursday. You know, he came in. He, he came in on Palm Sunday. He entered Jerusalem. He looked around. You know, on Monday he he went in and he flipped the tables and he cursed a tree. On Tuesday he taught in the temple courts and the tree was dead. On Wednesday it was kind of silent. You know, probably behind the scene planning. So what happens on Thursday? What's what's the big thing for today? So the Passover meal. The disciples get together with Jesus. They're going to celebrate Passover together. Um, and that's what gets a lot of the focus and the attention. This meal where Jesus takes time to prepare his disciples for um, probably the most astonishing thing they're ever going to watch. His trial, his beating, his crucifixion, the fear, the sadness, the grief that comes with the loss of the greatest man they've ever known, and then his resurrection, which blows them away. And then the chance to see him again and to be called into this beautiful mission of the kingdom of God come. So he's trying to prepare them as well as he can for what's going to be the the hardest and the most amazing weekend of their their world. So. Yeah, right on. So you you said Passover meal. Probably mm-hmm. most of our church family goes, oh, say what? You, you know, our folks are thinking there's the, the term last supper, right? There you go. But what I appreciate that you're showing us is that that last meal with the disciples, it wasn't just a last supper. Like it wasn't just the last time they got to eat together. It was the Jewish Passover. And there's some symbolism there that's pretty powerful, right? So uh, I'll, I'll see if you can help us kind of walk into that. But like this, so what's going to happen on Thursday is Jesus is sending some disciples to go make ready an upper room. And they go to this upper room where they, where they take that last meal together. When they walk out of this place, Judas is going to set his trap. And Jesus is taking the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane where they will spend the evening praying. You, you remember probably some of you the, the Bible passage where, you know, where we say that the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and the disciples keep falling asleep, and they have no. Jesus is praying, and 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 here comes the guards to arrest him, and so this is it. This is like bringing the whole story. Tomorrow uh, is Good Friday, and so tomorrow morning, you know, you'll when you're waking up, Jesus is going to be finishing trials and carrying a cross, and so this is it. So that last meal. The last time he gets to break bread with his disciples, the last peaceful moments with his disciples, 
um, as you've told us, was Jewish Passover. Why was that relevant? Like, what's the uh, what's the connection here with Jewish Passover and this meal with Jesus and his disciples? Why is that significant? That it was not just not just any meal, but it was Passover. Yeah, probably the strongest, most obvious one would be that Passover was a celebration of when the Israelites were set free from Egyptian rule, um, and um, the way that the Lord did that is that um, the Egyptians and Pharaoh had hardened their hearts to the word of the Lord. And they wouldn't let his people go, and they wouldn't let his people go. And he had told them, it's time to let my people go. And so after some real pain with locusts and, and blood and like just plagues with hardship um, on their economy and, and a number of things, he said, all right, I'm taking the firstborn son of everyone in Egypt um, so that they get that I'm the Lord and it's time to let my people go. Very heavy, very hard thing. I don't think the sure. Lord did that lightly. He did a lot of little things on the way there, nine other things, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the way the Israelites were spared that is that they would sacrifice a lamb, um, and it would take the place of that firstborn son. They would take that blood and put it on their doorpost. So the, pa- the Passover meal was a celebration that the Lord spared them. Yeah, that he let that Passover lamb take their place. Yeah, and so that's the the symbolism that you get. There is a celebration of the freedom that they found from Egypt, the freedom that came at the at the cost of that that blood. You know, I think about how earlier in John's gospel, uh, you know, Jesus had talked about being slaves, and mm-hmm. some of the Jewish people that were listening to him said, "We've never been slaves," and he talked about slavery to sin. Yeah. You know that that really he is coming to deliver us from mm-hmm. slavery to sin and to wicked masters, right? To to the to de- the devil or demons or the status quo or the evil in me like he's he literally is setting us free and to do it Jesus died in our place so as he takes that Passover meal what's really amazing about this is that he knows that he is the Passover lamb he's breaking the bread and all the symbolism you know of the broken bread and the suffering that it represents all of all of that is actually going to be you know, placed on him tomorrow not mm-hmm. as a symbol but as he actually becomes a Passover lamb to take our place and cleanse our sins for us and God strikes a, a new covenant so powerful images and we take we took communion on Sunday and we remembered you know Jesus passing the the broken bread and the cup to his disciples as they remembered this meal but even as he becomes to fu- comes to fulfill this meal there's something in John's gospel that is unique um, that you know Matthew Mark and Luke don't mention but John does you know John does not talk about uh, the bread that was broken and the cup that was passed in John chapter 13. In other words, at the at the, the Passover meal, he talks about something that was in a different way more memorable. And I just want to read the passage and start, I'll let you kind of unpack uh, what's the key point you know, for our church family. So this is going to be that story where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And just beautiful picture of humble love and service. So read with me um, chapter 13. Here we go. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came into Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. 
No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Okay, so the last night that Jesus was with his disciples and was in control of the room, he took off his outer garments, dressed himself like a servant, and washed the dirty feet of the disciples who'd been walking throughout the day. Um, all right, so Stro, what's what's kind of the the big takeaway? What's the big point? I, I love this passage. I love how unusual it is that this was what John recorded about that Last Supper. What what's the takeaway for church folks? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we look right at the words of Jesus where he says, "You call me teacher and Lord," and that's right. That's that's what I am. So it's it's right for you to to treat me with that honor. And so if I Teacher, Lord, Master, the one with honor, have washed your feet. You too ought to wash one another's feet. I've given you an example. You should do just as I've done for you. Um, so right there, you can see Peter's tension where he looks up and he says, it's not for the Master, it's not for the Lord or for the teacher to serve and to wash feet in the room. Mm -hmm. um, these other disciples, a few of these guys may have let you do it. But Jesus, this is, this is too much. Swap it out. Yeah. Um, and Jesus says, it's not how it works, Peter. I'm trying to make a point. Um, you're going to have to learn that when you have this role of leadership, when you have this role of being teacher, um, when folks look to you, um, you're going to need to do what I'm doing for you now. This is important. Um, you have to learn that with every bit of who you are, every ounce of leadership that you have, you're going to serve others. Um, you are not above it. You're not. You're not beyond it. And so, yeah. that's the that's the first kind of big picture we see in the in the passage. You know, this this kind of radical love it sort of requires a a, uh, a humility. You know, I think that's like I can see for Peter. It's like you're not going to do this. Like, and then Jesus at the end says, you know, I'm the master here, you guys. So it, it does seem that that like they were wrestling with this status. Like mm -hmm. it's not appropriate for somebody of high position to be humble and serve. You know, that's beneath me. I think Jesus is making it pretty clear it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that love is about service. In in the first couple of verses, it said that he had loved them mm -hmm. and he was loving them to the very end. So this whole thing is about love. And then after it's over, uh, he tells the disciples, you know, that people will know that you are my disciples by your love for each other. I'm giving you this command, mm -hmm. love each other as I have loved you. And one of the ways that he loved them was by forgetting about status and serving them in small and humble ways, washing their feet. Uh, so I think I want to wrap up the podcast just by encouraging our folks. As you think about today, as you think about Thursday, just know that it ends with Jesus sharing Passover meal, where he's becoming the Passover lamb that takes away the sins of the world. He knows that. 
his body's going to be broken for them. But on this last dinner, he got on his knees and he served his people. And so let's not lose sight of what love looks like. And when there's a challenge between uh, love and the humility that it requires versus the status and the pride that we become accustomed to, please drop your status and remember, this is how Jesus taught us to love each other. So make a choice to serve. I love you, church family. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast.